Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today, it's Rami and Shara Romani, partners in business and life. Together, they own Romani Films, which is a full-service production company specializing in documentary, branded, and basically anything you need filmed and crewed, they do it all. They are two of the top directors of photography here in L.A. Their work's incredible. You can check it out at RomaniFilms.com. The story of how they met, what happened since then, is so amazing. I do not want to spoil it here. DPs are some of the most unsung heroes in our industry. So I hope listening to their interview will make you appreciate DPs all the more and know that most of the time they know what to do even more than you do. At least that's my experience. Yes. Yay. We're here. Hello. You guys are my first DP couple. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've had one other married couple. Yes. I, I think I listened to Yeah, them. the Jarrett's. Mm-hmm. And then I have one half of a married couple. Well, I've had two halves of married couples that work together, but just haven't had the other half here. But now you guys. And you have people that are like married couples. Yeah, exactly. I've had male, male straight men that are like married couples. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, Jay and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I love the whole partner thing. I find it fascinating. The partner in life and partner in business is, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, for us, it's like going on a date. We have three kids and at home. We're not together. <laughs> so going to work together ends up being like a fighting date. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's our excuse to get out of the house. (laughs) Everybody needs one. So you guys have an incredible story of how you met. So let's just, let's start with you, Rami. So you're Egyptian. You grew up in Egypt. You were doing film in Egypt. Let's take it from there. I am Egyptian. I lived most of my life in Egypt. I grew up uh, in a family that does ancient Egyptian documentaries for National Geographic and Discovery Channel, um, BBC to start. So I, all my life, I was 11, I think. I was 11 when I started uh, producing these uh, on set. I was always on set at the pyramids, all these places. I would be always first inside new discoveries, under seeing all the new mummies before anyone else sees them because we're going to film them, getting all the exclusivities for these locations. And it was a part of my life. And everyone in control, everyone that runs the pyramids, everyone that runs the country are really... I grew up with them as my uncles in wow. a way because because I was always there. That was my thing. Um, and, and your dad was a photographer. No, my dad was the producer, was the, the local producer. producer. Yeah. And then was your mom doing it too? My mom was a local producer too, wow. and my sister ended up doing it too. So That's we all crazy. did it together. Yeah. And then and then um, I started my my name. I have my my name on credits of BBC documentaries <laughs> From being 11. when I was eleven. Yeah. Okay, you're officially the youngest producer on the podcast <laughs> ever. That's amazing. Um, and then I had a great life. I loved it. I mean, so you I, did love it. It wasn't like you were pushed oh, into I it. I loved it. I yeah. couldn't be luckier. Because you loved adventure and the but whole thing. It, it was perfect. And yeah. through it all as well, in Egypt, if you don't go to university, you are an uneducated person. Right. So even though I didn't need to go to school, <laughs> right. I, I was producing all that stuff, I needed to do something. So I decided that, that I was going to Egyptology. Uh, university and oh, that's the name of university. Uh, that's the name of the uh, degree. Study. Oh, the oh, got it. Okay. So I um I studied ancient Egyptian history, archaeology, okay. and language. 
four or five years of my life, and I got a degree in Egyptology, so I am a certified Egyptologist. You know, you never know when you're going to need one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like just the other day. <laughs> yeah, which helped me a lot later in life, like in the past five years. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll you're... An expert. I mean, you have an expertise. Yeah. Okay. So then you were you got your degree, and then what happened? And I kept producing documentaries, kept yeah. producing shows, and then in two thousand and nine, um, I was doing a show, and it was very specific. Uh, it was one once the first time that something like that ever happened, and they wanted to spend the night inside King Tut's tomb. And who was this? What network? That was Sci-Fi Network at the time, and it was a show called Destination Truth. Okay, yeah, um, I with Josh that. Gates, who is now yeah. on the Travel Channel, has his own show called right. Expedition Unknown. Oh, right, right, right. Interesting. I didn't realize there was a he was on that first. Okay, so they wanted to spend the night in King Tut's tomb. Yeah, they called me in the forum. That's what they said, and I was like, "Fine, no problem. I can make that happen." <laughs> and they were like, uh, "No, no, for real." We and I was like, "Yeah, I can make that happen. I have no doubts that yeah, I can make anything happen." Yeah. Egypt is a completely different culture, <laughs> right? Like so, um, we I got I got it all ready, and I have it all ready for them. And then one one kink in the in the process of filming in Egypt is getting the equipment inside the country and outside of the country, right? So. Um, <laughs> So what's that called again? It's a French word. Carne. Yes. But carne. In Egypt is not even a carne country. Oh, there, so there's countries that aren't carne. Yeah. They, because they want you to use all local. They have their people. own system. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So you have to get a bank guarantee letter and all that okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah, you must have in the bank the amount of money that you will bring in in equipment that will sit in a bank account. Oh, really? As an insurance policy. Oh, and that happens at the airport, or that's all arranged beforehand. That's all beforehand. That's my okay. part of my that's job. His job. Ah, okay. So, Shara, are you working at this point on the production company side that's bringing this production? Let's 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 loop you in here. It's um, not the Rami show. So we were in Chernobyl. Okay. We were, and who's we? Uh, Destination Truth. Okay. Josh, and that, what was the production company? Um, Ping Pong. Ping Pong. Oh, the ones that ended up doing the second iteration. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So uh, we were doing... Uh, Basically, you go around the world. You leave. You don't come back for three months. Wow. And, and you were filming. And I was the tech manager of all the equipment. And uh, we're all on camera. Got it. Which is terrible for me because I'm quite shy on camera. <laughs> I like to be behind it, not in front of it. Okay. But uh, we had done Romania, Ukraine, Turkey, then Egypt was coming. Okay. And we filmed 24 hours a day. Like we wow. would film for 24 hours a day. We'd go home. I'd have to download gear, get ready to fly, carnet, all that stuff. And I get an email from Romy Romoni. I was like, I don't know what this is. He wants all the all the serial numbers from all the equipment. And I was like, sorry, not going to happen. That was because that was my why? response. But why? Because we had I no time. I no time. Right. <laughs> and he was like, then you won't get in. Oh. And so then replying they called. All, they replying all. Replying all to her bosses. Oh my god! Hey, look, you might as well cut right to the chase. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty uh pretty mad with him. I had to stay up all night long and then and do all the I, serial numbers. I was in Turkey. I missed seeing, you know, the, any of the sites. Right. And when we arrived at midnight in Egypt, the first thing that happened was that he grabbed my arm and he said, you will listen to everything I tell you or, oh. or we won't get out of this airport. Oh. And I was like, get off me. <laughs> what kind of what misogynist kind of, domineering man Button up you? your shirt. I God. Do, I do that to men too. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I no doubt. <laughs> but he was right. So, but did you think he was cute? No, not, not I was very annoyed with him. And um and the next day, and then it was about three days in when 
I but like, I got you out of that airport. Yeah, yeah. Not, she had, we had 13 cameras and the customs clearance. Wow. Crazy people. 23 cases of equipment that I was Wait, responsible Wait, so you were for. allowed to bring the equipment? Yes. That's their, what they do, but you have to be able to prove okay. each piece that comes in and out. Okay. So <clears throat> that was what we were doing. Okay, so you get out, and then where do you go? It was a... We it, went straight to the hotel. Yeah, we went to straight to the hotel, and then I think the next morning we went to the pyramids. We went to the um, museum, the e- Egyptian museum in Cairo, and it was maybe the next day that I was like, "He's really good at his job." Yeah, and I had not found that here. Yeah, um, as being right, a camera assistant, <laughs> coming up as a camera assistant in reality yeah. TV, and you're like, "I could do it better." And being, yeah, th- I was always like, "Ugh, these guys are not keeping up." Yeah, and so uh, I noticed because uh, one of our one of the people on the show, Jael, one of our producers, I noticed she was like, I'm going to sit in the front seat. And I like elbowed her. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to King Tut's tomb and spent the night. And he got extremely sick because he ordered shrimp. Why do we have to tell these stories? Oh, and yeah. No, I want to hear this. For our overnight crew meal yeah. was shrimp sandwiches. Okay. And Upper Egypt is you don't, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's got to be brought in from somewhere. And I was like, I'm not. We have a Nile. Sh- Nile shrimp. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want that. <laughs> and I took care of him while he was sick, while we were at King Tut's tomb. And that's, that was it. Well, what do you mean that was it? I mean, after that. details? After, I, I she kept, likes sick men. That's what she uh, She wanted to be a caretaker. <laughs> now, did you no. like her right away? Well, that, it was a. <laughs> when 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 we left the airport that night and went to the hotel, yeah. After you grabbed her aggressively, after I, mm-hmm. I, it was in my mind, it was much less aggressive than she <laughs> thinks. But um, and then the rest of the crew might not like this, but everyone went to the room and she was left with like thirty five cases of beer. Oh my god! Uh, but everyone was really tired, right? right. It's yeah. just a really rough shift, right? I'm sure. Uh, so I did. I I helped her. I, I stayed there and I helped her. Brought all the gear up to her room. But all the way through it, she like didn't complain a second about the whole thing, and I was like, mm. and it was late, and it was tired. Like that says nothing a lot. happened, Eliza. I that, believe that the still, first night, nothing. That's the first night. But King Tut's tomb before he started throwing up all over you. Was there any <laughs> any action? No, no. Well, that was the first night we spent together. Right. We wow. spent our first night together inside King Tut's tomb. Was that cool? Tomb. Just like as a just an yeah, amazing yeah. thing. And you had lived there your whole life. Was that like a, an amazing experience? It's just another day at the Everything office. Everything in Egypt okay. is amazing. So it wasn't, right. I mean, going inside the Great Pyramid, going in like sure. places that you're not. It was also the fact that he was so, he drove his truck to the base of the Great Pyramid. Yeah. Pulled up onto the curb, <laughs> right. opened the doors and got out and walked away. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, are they going to arrest us right, right. now? And they were you like, own that town. Rami. <laughs> Everyone, right. just, everyone knew him. So, and was your English as good as it is now? Is it the yeah. same? No, I fake it now more often. <laughs> he was the king of Cairo. Right. No doubt. He could get anything Cairo. done. He yeah. can get so any... So that was a turn on. And he could, <laughs> and he could read hieroglyphics. That yeah. was also very... Yeah, he could talk to you. That was my pickup line. So how long was that shoot? Ten days. And so that at one point in the ten days, was it like, oh, I think I like this guy, yeah. but I'm leaving and. However many days. Yeah. And, you know, um, the iPhone had just come out. Okay. And I did not have it because I didn't have the money for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was no f- really, there was some Skyping. Okay. This is like 2007? 2009. Oh, okay. So Skype was there. Um, we went to Bhutan right okay. after Egypt, which yeah. is an amazing country. And, yeah. But there was no signal. I mean, you basically drive until there's no road right. and then you hike with the equipment. Why are you on. avoiding the question? She said, when did you fall in love with yeah, me? Yeah, well, get I, to it, Char. I had 10 days of no of just working hard and hiking oh, to so think about Oh, so nothing happened him. in the 10 days? No. Oh, this well, is cute, getting cuter and cuter. Well, by nothing is like... The only, on the thing, thing, like, all right, fine. The only <laughs> thing that he 
did, which you can uh, you can see by the fact that he has your feet, his feet on your wall halfway through this. Is he came, he would come into my room to arrange getting stuff, and he would put down his wad of money, right. he was his very comfortable. shoes, and I'm like, what is this person doing in my space? Yeah. But I had he was never the king of Cairo. He just didn't. He was so comfortable, and he is like that to this day. Yeah, I get. I, I, get, I don't know him as that well, but I've I've got I've gotten that. Yeah. Oh, I should say just to quickly back up that I. Rami and I met, I always say how I met my guests, that we met doing a Lionsgate shoot together, a food shoot. I was looking around, like, who's the best shooter for food in L.A.? Everyone's like, Ronnie, 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 Ronnie. And I, you know, was disappointed. No. <laughs> now he's fantastic, and I loved your personality, and you've saved me multiple times since then with crew. I'm like, when I'm totally stuck, I'm like, Rami. He's like, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Giving me cameras. Like, you're just that guy. You're a fixer. He's a fixer. Yeah. To this day. Incredible, you know, besides just being a really talented filmmaker. So... Okay, now that we got that out of the way. All right, so you leave, you have no cell phone reception, but you're thinking about him, you're dreaming of him in the mountains mm-hmm. of Bhutan. Um, well, we, on the fifth day first, on the fifth day that we were in Cairo, in Egypt together. Yeah. This sh- is like my rom-com episode, by the she, way. <laughs> <laughs> on the fifth day, um, I mean, I've liked her by then. Uh, yeah. By the fifth day, I liked oh, her Oh, you liked her at the airport, let's be yeah, real. Yeah, I liked her. <laughs> uh, and then on the fifth day, we were, wa- we were walking around on the streets of Luxor, which is south of yeah. Egypt, oh, working yeah. touch Dumar. Is and then uh, she uh, looked at uh, one of the places, and there was a ring that had a scarab beetle on it in stone, golden ring with a scarab beetle. What kind of stone? Moonstone. A moonstone. And she said, "Oh, I love this. Can you help me negotiate with that guy to get the yeah. ring?" I was like, "Yeah, of course. That's my thing." Yeah. <laughs> and I go into that store and I tell her. Yeah, he came out and he was like, "Oh, he said it's not for sale." I was like, what? But we were filming. Like, we were literally walking. They were backtracking down the street with Josh and all of us. So I okay. couldn't really right, go, get into it. Get into it. I was like, yeah. oh, fine. You lost whatever. it. Oh, you were messing with her. No, well, I bought it. Aww. It was in my pocket. And I, then, I, the only reason I'm not wearing it right now is that it broke on set. Oh no. Can you fix it? Yeah, yeah, I just haven't had a chance. Okay. But but basically, the gold finally gave out because I wear it every day, right. and, and it broke. But that's so yeah. cute. So then, when that happened, were you like, uh, "Hello"? I was like, "So he's rich enough to buy girls gold?" <laughs> like every because I know I'm just another girl, right? Coming to the, this is every right. single time there's a crew that comes exactly. in. There's beautiful. He's gonna, gonna pick girls, which is partially true. Right? But I, I mean, I'm sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't put his money where his mouth is, so to speak. I mean, and you know. It's funny because um, my crew was like, "Yeah, yeah, that was great fun. It yeah. was so nice that you got to meet him." And I was like, "No, no, I'm like that. I, I, I'm in that. That's it. That's the person that I want to be with." They were like, like "You would have like when you left." Yeah. Wow. They were like, "You're crazy." I was like, "No, I'm pretty sure that I." But did you always speak about it when you left? No, we were just crying. No, we were oh, just you were crying. Sad. Yeah. yeah, I was so sad. But you I, hadn't even kissed. Oh, we kissed. Oh, okay, I was like, "Come on, I'm missing details here." Um, okay. But the, you know, it was just a matter of some, a different sort of feeling than I had had. So then how were you thinking this was going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. And and one person on my crew was like, oh, he's just a player and he doesn't like you. And the other person was like, don't underestimate her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So then what happened? Let's, let's um, get to it here. So by the time I got back, um, maybe about 10 days later, he, he came to L.A., like you had each other's email and uh, yeah, I mean, was I, this yeah. just a surprise? No, no, he and he, he's like, I'm going to make it happen. Had you been to L.A. before? Yeah, yeah I come to the U.S. every year. OK, so it wasn't like a crazy. Had, they work with the Getty for about 30, oh, okay. 30 years. So Got it. he has a standing visa, which is very lucky for us later on. Yeah. That, that he was we'll able to. to come. Yeah. So you're living here. He's like, I'm going to come visit you. Mm-hmm. And you 
come and that was it. And and he spent about a month here and it was Were you working? No, uh, I was just, just hanging to be with her. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, but you had the there was something that you were pitching. Just all these meetings that can Got come it. up. Yeah, there were meetings. And were you DPing at this point? No. So on the show that I was doing when he came, um, it was, I think it was Style Network show. Okay. Which is since gone, I think. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, right. Was it How Do I Look? Yeah, it was How Do I Look. Yeah, I remember Maybe. How Do I Look. I remember visiting you and said. Yes, <laughs> How Do I Look with Three Oz Patel, who I love. Uh-huh. And uh, that was 10 weeks, so I was working yeah, as one of the shooters on there. But then, by then, of course, that month we I was completely in love, and I I'm Aww. sure she was too. And then and then and then and then I told her, listen, this is a long distance relationship, and yeah. I'm very practical about things because yeah. I like practicality yeah, a lot like, in my life. What are we life. gonna do here? And I was like, this is long long distance relationships. More most of them fail. Yeah. So let's just have a plan that if let's spend a year you you come over for three yeah. months i'll come over yeah. for three months spend more time together and if within uh christmas of 2010 yeah we don't have a plan to get married like, and yeah. stay together forever yeah. then we break up whether yeah. we like it or not i like that it's I, I literally it told her that. it's like a production schedule yeah we yeah <laughs> uh, and that was uh i told her that in may 2000 june 2009 she originally came in april 2009 uh, so she came to Egypt for her first three months section. Wow. No, well, no, I came for a week. Uh, that was before, I came yeah. for a week and I came back to do a show, uh, a date, like an MTV dating show or something. It was exactly the day it ended is the day that I went, like went to see him one week, came back, started another show. The day that ended, I flew back. So what did you do for those three months? So I, uh, when I got there, I just didn't think I could leave. And that was, you know, we basically... I asked her to marry me a month in. Like, after a month, he was like, let's get married. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> no no oh big no big uh, to do. It was like, hey, do you think you want to marry me? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I think I do. Let's just do that. And so were you thinking we're just, we'll live in Egypt? Like, was yes. that a conversation? No, and that was cool a, with it? His family is extremely close. Yeah, so there was no option that you were going to move to LA. And they, you know, it was like, I'm committing to to them. Right. Not just to him, not, not just marrying him. It's me committing to the whole family. And what is your background and your family? And like, where, where, who are your people that they're like, sure, bye. Well, I mean, well they weren't. <laughs> my dad did did say, it's very strange that um, a handsome man like this would like you. And I'm like, thanks, dad. Oh, wow. Great support thanks. from the dad there. My mom was like, whatever you want to do. Uh, so and they live here? They, my dad's in New York. My mom's in Maryland. Okay. And um, and so I I decided that that was, I'm going to live there. And it was an adventure. I mean, Egypt yeah. is a wild place. you were place. an adventurer, obviously. Yes. So for tell. me, it yeah. wasn't, I wasn't worried or scared. Right. It was just like, this is where this guy lives. So I'll yeah. live here. Yeah, I'm going to live here. And the only thing that uh, affected me was um, I had dreams about one of the directors that I work with the most, yeah. uh, Rich Kim. He was always in my ear, right? So yeah. I had these dreams of him and I was like looking around mm-hmm. at my friends who were shooting and yeah. I was like, I'll never see them again. That's okay. the only thing that made me feel okay. sad. Was like I miss. Yeah, these are people course. that I love. Right. These are all my friends that I shoot with. That's the part that I'll miss. Okay. But did um did you have a plan about what you would do for work? Would you just join his? Well, company? she was working already. Yeah, I was shooting. Uh, so you were already working documentaries. Okay, and, got it. Yeah, she was. She was getting in the tombs. I mean, we did what, what was uh, House Hunters International? Yeah, oh was the God, first show we worked it. together on in in Egypt at the time. So we were shooting whatever came our way for a few months, and then I came back to wrap up L.A. Okay, and um, and we also decided that we would 
you know, get married on the beach. In Cairo. No, in LA. In LA. Oh, in LA. In so you got married here. In Malibu. So you were so close with your family that you <laughs> decided to leave and made it married here. Well, we no, don't have to tell that story. I just, oh, <laughs> yes. Now we have to. Oh, my I, God. Drama. No, we just wanted to make sure that we had our American paperwork done because we weren't going to come back. To L- we weren't going to come back to California. So that was what it. does Once, that mean about having the uh, paperwork done? You, when you get married in, in different places, okay. you have to have... You have to get married in each place okay. for right, it to right, legally right. It. make sense. Okay, so then no matter what, you would have this. And did you get married in Malibu? In Malibu, yeah. Oh, and that's my, my dream. My, if I ever get married again. <laughs> one of my really good friends, Brian Stevens, he's a DP also. He and his now wife, Lisa Stevens, they were our witness. They came that down. Was it, just and the, that was it, just the two of them. And Aww, it was very nice. Romantic. Yeah. Well, and we basically, we had, there was, my mother was planning a huge wedding okay. in Egypt with like a thousand people. And... <gasps> And is I, Egypt like Israel, where you just invite everyone? everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's so fun. And and I am a, a Christian Egyptian. Okay, grew up in a. Is that um Coptic? Coptic, yes. yeah, Orth- Coptic Orthodox. Uh, about, yes. Right? Yeah, and, my uh, friend is too. Do you oh, know really? the Iskandars? Well, yeah, Iskandars is a very common. Yeah, 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 so she's there. That's cool. Coptic Orthodox from Egypt. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And then uh, the problem with that is that there are much fewer men than uh, really? you would wish for. And since I was young. Is all my mother's friends are uh, having daughters uh, talking. Let's arrange our daughter. Oh, it's like the big you. sick. So yeah, so right. I'm like Did I'm the that? guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm the guy that they want. Yeah. They want every other yeah. girl for. Right. So which, uh, is it arranged marriages there too? No, but they that was they, the, like let's go on a date with this girl. Right. Go on a date with this girl. Got it. And of, so of course when I bring in. My half Jew white mm-hmm. um, wife. They're half Jewish. Yeah, my dad is Jewish. Oh, okay, not uh, the right side. No, <laughs> and when I, when I bring her over, people were just weren't going to be happy. Did you have blonde hair at the time? Uh, I think so. Okay, and so a little bit. At least you're blending, it, blending in a little bit more. People weren't going to be happy, so we yeah. decided. Let's have our own wedding in Malibu that, that, that no one will judge us on. I also yeah. don't. I also am not a person who would want to spend so much money on something like that. It's yeah. just not never been a dream of mine to have a big wedding or spend money on I it. I love and, you. And I just <laughs> for me, stupid. I was like, okay, we're done. Like, I don't need anyone to be yeah. there. Yeah, I don't need anyone. You asked me without any fanfare, and I'm that's I'm happy. And yeah, I don't want it. I don't want anything big, and I'm very nervous in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. Like that. So, Aww. so we decided that that was that was going to be it for us, and. And then we went back to Egypt and started building our life, which was... So did the wedding happen in Egypt? There was no wedding in Egypt? No, we didn't need well, to have no. it. Yeah, we didn't need to have it after that. Have your parents ever forgiven you? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Like two months in. Yeah, they're they probably like, like oh, we don't have to spend all that spend money. money. They, yeah. they, gained, they also gained the, an awesome daughter. So they got that right away. Like, they loved you right away. Yeah, they, they were did. always so... Uh, you know, they had kind of grown up around... Uh, about around foreigners, so they right. were much more willing. That's to, interesting to to be a part of it, yeah. and, and I think it also opened the door for you know other people to say, "Oh well, well, she's just weird. She's American, so it's okay." <laughs> like whatever, whatever thing wasn't typically Egyptian, they were okay yeah. with because they were forgiving and right. they were just loving in in a way that I had never experienced here. Okay, so then at a certain point, politics starts to interfere, to say the least, with your yeah. life. So just paint that picture. Well, um, we had a baby. We had a baby. So we had a baby. And how long after you guys got married? She was six months old. No, we had a baby nine months after we got married. Yeah. So it was a good honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she she was six months old. We had just come back from the United States uh, visiting family yeah. to yeah. introduce her to uh-huh. everyone. And we 
you know, I'm always skeptical when I traveled. You know, I'm always skeptical. I always keep a little extra money in my back pocket. And even though I'm driving around by myself, you know, I, so I had money from when we visited. And he's like, let's go put it in the bank. I was like, you know, let's let's just hold on to this cash that we have. Yeah. And we were going to buy a car on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And in Egypt, you don't use credit. You have to buy everything with okay. cash. And what year, just so we could contextually. That this was... is January 2010, uh, 2011. Okay. And um, we went to, to the car dealership and they were like, oh, yeah, you, you're going to go to, if you're going into town, because we live on a, on a farm, a mango mm-hmm. farm outside of Cairo. Okay. He was like, just watch out. There's protests. And we're like, oh, protests. And he was like, yeah, but yeah. you hadn't been hearing anything about this. Not really. I mean, Rami said, oh, there's protests all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, nowhere. yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. It's good fun. And that's, good fun. that's what the guy said. So we were right. like, oh, okay. Yeah. The next day, someone was going to come take the cam- our camera to rent it. And I had to heard, film the protest? No, but just to film to, something. Okay, I got it. And we were, I was like, you know, it's weird. There's more stuff on TV. Maybe we shouldn't let them just take our camera. We yeah. might not get it back. Right. Um, and that day, Facebook stopped working. And it was my only lifeline yeah. to the outside world. No, right. I was like, that is so messed up. They took my Facebook away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the next day, the internet crashed. Gone. No, just gone. gone. No, the government they, on they cut purpose everything. cut the internet, okay. cut Facebook. So this is like Thursday, only... Friday. Right. Right. By Friday, no cell phones. <clears throat> and we were alone at the house with Sophia. So you really didn't know what was going on or why there we were, were starting to see things on okay. the news. So the news was working. And and American news. The government channel. Yeah. I right. mean, basically, they, the things were kind of blacked out, but we had a satellite. So it, it, by Friday, we were like, something's really happening. Right. You know, we have no internet, no cell phone. Right. He literally picked up the phone and did pulse. He was like, one, two, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, to dial his grandparents' landline. And that was how we were communicating with his parents who were on their, they have a 10 cabin luxury sailboat that they have tourists on. Oh, wow. On the Nile. And we were communicating through this very old method. And finally we were like, we're kind of getting scared of what's happening. We don't, we don't really know. I think by Saturday. It was the third day of the revolution when the police decided yeah, Saturday to abandon was... the country. So can you just, for the non-world events people, for the people who aren't aware or might have forgotten, just give us a quick, like, two-line summary of what actually happened. In 2011, in January 2011, we've had a president who's been there since I was a kid. Right. I haven't seen any other president right. of my country except for Mubarak. Right. Um, um, he's been there for, at the time, about 30 years, wow. nearly 30 years. And uh, people were fed up. They, people were getting poor. Corruption yeah. was, was excessive. And, and it was a young people's. I mean, that was the whole thing, right? It was the next generation. And the great thing about that government was they managed to not have any communication between anyone to come out to a protest. That's the style, right? right. But Twitter started coming out. And Facebook. Facebook started That's where everything out. changed. And Twitter was the key. It was the I revolution was of Twitter. It was yeah. Twitter. That was, was the, the story of the, yeah, that it was, was the story. It was that Twitter started a revolution. Yeah. Because I said, go, 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 go here. Go right. to Tyreer Square. They were organizing here, right. through Twitter. In and real they time. Managed, oh, and it was the it was the youth. Right. It was beautiful. Like, right. I was I was so, very excited right, for it. Right. It was the youth that started it. They all came out with Twitter and they started very organized protest, very clean, very peaceful. And of course, in a, a couple of days in the Muslim Brotherhood, right. were the only organized opposition party that were illegal at the time. Mm-hmm. And they finally decided to come out and say, well, let's claim this revolution. And they did. 
So all of a sudden, the revolution shifted, became from the beautiful right. youth movement against corruption, against the regime. Yeah. The Muslim Brotherhood jumped in and they they sneakily claimed the revolution, took over the revolution, and it became dangerous. And violent, and, really violent. Absolutely. And the violence didn't start from the revolution side, okay. from the, from the to- protest side. It started from right. the police side. And who knows? It's all like a mess of... It was chaos. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. But then the police decided, well, if you don't like you don't us... Like us? Fine, live well, without us. Live without us. So they, it was it took anarchy. Off their so it became anarchy took, at that yeah, point. Took, took off their, their uniforms, uniforms and wow. abandoned, abandoned the country. There was no police between so the two. Then day what and happened? <laughs> I think it was, I think it was Saturday that. So we lived on ten acres of mangoes. Okay, and wow. our back wall, so the whole entire area is is all these kind of villas on farms. Okay, but our back wall is another kind of neighborhood, smaller, okay. you know, apartments and. That neighborhood, the police department that's there is our police department. Okay. That day, they firebombed it. It was exploded. Wow. There, so now we know we're alone. You're not protected at and all. And there's no police. And we're on a we're in a big villa, and poor neighborhoods are around us. So we were like getting nervous. We heard on yeah, we heard they're going to start looting. They started looting other neighborhoods. Oh like at night, we're seeing people and jumping so we off spent, the fences, and we don't know if it's ours or not. We spent a, a night of very nervousness. Um, my mom was like. Boil water, put it in sand. You can pour oil, it over the edge, oil like and you know. sand. So we locked ourselves in our. We have a food storage on the on the roof of the house. Uh, it's a like a three story villa. So we locked ourselves in the food storage and barricaded the door just in case. Because if they broke in the big part of the house, no big deal. So we were in there with Sophia, oh my who's God. six months, and we stayed the night. And the next morning, with no sleep, I was like, "When is enough enough?" But I was looking to him. I trust him, and I was looking to him to be the leader at this right, point of right. our family and say— So I'm like, I think it's going to be fine tomorrow. I mean, there's right. no way. You I just lived, didn't know. I lived all my life in Egypt, right. and it was always very safe and stable. Yeah. There was no way this is happening. And there's all, tomorrow it's going to be fine. She said, she said when— Because I'm is, calling the embassy every yeah, hour. And right. And they're I saying, her, stay in place, stay where you are. Must have been terrified. I told her when the American embassy calls you and tells you you should get, get out— the fuck out. <laughs> then it means that it's serious. Otherwise— it's just exaggeration on the news. Yeah. Right. And, and it came it came across oh on Arab God. news first. The U- U.S. is telling its citizens to get out. Now. And I was like, okay, oh honey, so. Yeah. And he was like, let's go. And we packed our bags within 20 minutes. Left just the tiny bags. Left the sink, left the laundry. Yeah, the dishes were in the sink. So that's what, like, everybody, right, even when the earthquakes, I mean, even when the um, fires ha- happened here, a lot of us were preparing to evacuate. That's quite the moment. Obviously, that's different. It's not the same type of threat. But that is a moment when you have that clarity, right, of, like, what is important enough that I'm going to bring with me that I might never see again. You know, that if I leave behind, I won't see again. For you guys, like, were you able to think with clear heads, like, what are we going to bring with us? Well, I got 17 blue shirts and my camera. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> we literally packed the camera, yeah. clothes, and uh, we don't carry a lot of things. The right, only, so there wasn't really... And the you, only jewelry you I remember the wear, baby. You bought the, the baby. baby. Yeah, the it. baby and the baby Bjorn, very important. Right. But yeah. all that gear, I guess you had to leave out... No, I don't mean camera gear, I mean baby gear. Yeah, yeah no. You had to leave we it all like, behind. And then where'd you go? You, you drove to well, the airport? We drove the to the airport. embassy, though. The embassy told her there's a plane waiting for all American <gasps> citizens to take you get guys, out. get to the airport and get on but it. But he can't go. And she said, how about my baby and my husband? They said, are they American citizens? I never worried about getting any paperwork ready, green card, or citizenship right. because I thought I'm living in for the rest of my life. And you didn't have a U.S. passport. I nothing. did not. Yeah. Our baby did. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, that's good. Yeah. So they told her, you and the baby will will be able to get on the plane. Your <sighs> husband won't. 
And she said, I'm not leaving my husband. Oh, it's like a holiday. It's a movie. Not <laughs> without my husband. <laughs> we're going to find a way. I'm not leaving my husband. So the other the other problem in, at this point is the only protection on the street is the military, right? And any male under a certain age has to serve in the military unless they're right. the only son. Right. If they're the only son, they have to get a permission to leave the country every yeah. time. And so he you. had to go to the military like Go that, in. Yeah. So he leaves me in the car outside with oh the baby and all our stuff and goes into the military and he can't take a cell phone with him. So I'm sitting outside and there's like craziness in the streets and we're just waiting, nervously waiting for him to hope that they don't say, no, 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 you need to serve. We need you now. That was my fear was that he wasn't going to come back out. Oh, my God. And we were just sitting in the car waiting and waiting. And when he came out, he was like, they need me to get a copy. And I'm like, a copy? Like, you can't find a copy. It's not like a place to go get copies so we had to go look for a thing and find money and then we had to go back and it was this crazy in the middle of that going around in circles to get this paperwork the army stops us and they find the camera and they are not happy at this point because Mubarak has said no reporters no no foreigners no we don't want this you know so there's a lot of negotiations between him and the military guy and we end up having to go through this twice while we're getting paperwork. Are you afraid that the plane's not going to wait for you? Yeah. We, we ended up get going. The airport was not so far away, so we went to the airport. But while we're driving, the drive to the airport was the craziest part because that's when Egypt just fell yeah, apart. And yeah. we're driving to the airport. She is too white. She puts a veil on his, yeah, in her head to, to, to make it look less white. just wanted to blend in because they were attacking people f- that were foreigners a little bit at that time. So we were just nervous that they might attack us. The baby was in the back seat and uh, we're hearing on the radio because there's no police anymore. So people decided to protect their own There was militias now, kind of mini militias in neighborhoods like, where if you're driving through a neighborhood, they would stop you and say, what are you doing? Where are you going? Because people were stealing and looting and rioting. So they, they people were blocking their own neighborhoods. And, like and no one is allowed kids. to have a gun in Egypt, so they were, you know, they have these, they have swords basically, and they're like, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" Jesus. We're so like, "Did you think you were gonna die?" We're hearing, we're hearing on the radio that cars are being stopped by vigilante kids, right? Just, and so, if they don't trust whoever they are, they, they kill, kill everyone inside. Yeah. So you must have been. I would have been freaking out. And there are different neighborhoods. But, but there are different neighborhoods. But Egyptians that yeah. take us through. They are the really airport. lovely people. Right. No. No. I and get it. But it's, like, it's, it's a crazy okay, time. Okay. This is a family. We know that it's okay. So no one ever made me feel unsafe. Once they would open the window and look at us and yeah. assess the situation, I would have been freaking out. We were like, okay. We finally get to the airport. And because there's nice. no internet, there's no there's no uh, credit cards. So everyone oh is God. in the in the airport that is waiting. We go into the place to buy a ticket, and they have to call on the landline wow. to London. That's how it used to be done. Yes, the uh-huh. old school way. And then and it took him five hours of standing in line and, and pushing people and and going to the but front. You got on a flight, and I have the and baby. No, that's just to buy have, the ticket. Just to buy the ticket. <laughs> oh my God! They said we have we okay on that flight going to New York it's today. A we have two tickets available, business class tickets, $25,000, and we had $30,000. Egyptian on pounds. Oh, 25,000 Egyptian pounds. Okay. And we had 30000 on us by, by chance. So, oh, my God. Uh, so 25000 Here they go. Give them the yeah. 25000 But the flight is not till tomorrow morning. And so you have to, just us, so we have to find somewhere to be. Oh, you can't just sleep at the airport? No, they there's no. There's no um, there was only a Burger King outside of security, and that Burger King had run out of food. So there was no oh water and no God. food in the whole airport, and all these people are sitting there. And also, they started a curfew where no one is allowed on the streets. So where'd you after go? 7 p.m. His best friend, since he was a child, um, has him. He lives very close to the airport. So we went again through roadblocks oh, and through oh 
things. Were you step just going to leave your car there and just never see it again? We thought about having. <laughs> I don't someone. know why I thought of that. We but. did. We did leave our car at the airport in I the did. end. And that's it. I told um, my driver come pick up. And someone finally came to get it from us. But um, okay, so. You you then came from New York to L.A.? Like, did you always know you were going to come back to L.A.? No, well, we went back to the airport to try to get on that alleged plane that oh, is going to New York that day. That didn't happen. That was the no next No planes morning. were taking off. They said no planes are taking off. Just so how long the, before you actually left? The whole airport is mess, a complete mess, and there is only way around the mess, my contacts. So Rami went to the very front of the line. And I'm staying in the, I'm all the way far, far away, like Jumped hundreds on of top people. Of suitcases. He's like climbing over people because they're waiting to hope that their flight oh goes. Oh my God. And the guy, he stands up on the, you know, the thing that you put your bag on. And he's like, only the JFK flight. And I was like, that's us. Yeah, exactly. And I come through and we go th- to the other side and there's literally not a single person in the whole airport on the other side. And everyone is like looking through so it's just at us. Guys? They're like, why are and they then, getting yeah. to go? Not us. And then, and then we, everything we went to the was business every, class lounge. <laughs> we said, it worked out nicely where there was food spread. Wow. O- outside. There's no grocery store. So crazy. It was the craziest like, who thing. Who put that food out? How right? did they get what, it? How did they get food? So what? you were the only ones on the plane? No. no. Well, all those people came through. Yeah. But we got, we got on the plane and, not only the two seats that the rest of the business class was empty. There's empty. no no and one. People ca- can't leave the country. People can't reach the Did plane. Did the plane take off? And we stayed after a few like, hours. Okay, and then you got to New York, and they only it only took off because it only took it didn't take off because the curfew didn't allow people to get to the plane that worked on oh the plane. God, the pilot insane. couldn't reach the plane. We were sitting. So we on the were plane in there for a long time for four hours. I would thinking, have been like, who is going to fly this plane? Like, I would have been nervous. That it literally like, was like. Yeah. Is this going to take off? Is it going to take off? Is it oh going to take off? God. And when the wheels took off the ground, I was like. <sighs> Literally four hours in and the pilot just it's comes insane. in, closes the door, closes the takes door off. and took off like so fast. Okay. And, and they come to us and they're like, would you like horse meat or shrimp? We're like, horse what? meat? <laughs> we chose the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> it was like after your bad shrimp experience. Yeah. Okay. So then you make it back to LA. We landed in New York. Okay. And we call my dad. No one has Pick been us able, up. No one's been able to reach us. For the entire time. They so must have been panicking. They hear that we're in, in the States and my, my mom and my dad are, are so communicating. Right. We went and stayed in New York for two weeks and then we said, what do we do now? I mean, we were just basically in shell shock for a little bit. <sighs> yeah. You just escaped so we a war-torn sat, country. We sat in Syracuse in the snow oh, for God. two weeks and we were like, okay, what, what do we do? And I got we got on the plane, came to LA. We decided, okay, let's go back. Shark and work. I've been working here. I landed and I had a a voicemail from my friend Darren Roth. Hey, I hear you're back in town. Would you like to come shoot something? <laughs> and that was it. I went to work the next day. Amazing. Like, I, I, even when we, we had a one-way ticket, but even even though we came to America at that time, I thought, we're going to be here for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Everything's going to be really fine. Think it was Just for short. you, it's going to be safe. And then we're going to go back. And everything's going to be fine. And then two weeks in, the government fell and it became a, a complete mess in the country. So there's no, like, that's it. Now you're here. Yeah, so you're not we, going back. So we decided we ha- to. We did end up going back uh, about a year later to have our son. Yeah. Uh, give birth to him in Cairo to Aww. be with his family. And then, that's uh, nice. you know, but it's a very strange thing when you go. Life is still happening. His wow. sister is growing an amazing yeah. company. His parents yeah. still have their company. Everything is happening. So you won't go back, though. At this no, point. I mean, we started our life here and we yeah. built it and everything you have is completely different. Now, right? We have three, three kids. kids. We have a production company. Yeah. So how did you... We're running out of time, unfortunately. This is, <laughs> I need a part two. Yeah. But, like, how did you build Romani Films? Like, was it like, okay, we're going to form this company together. Mm-hmm. We'll each do our own thing, but we're going to... 
were going to work together? Like, how did you, was there a vision for it? What I first did here was do camera and DPing, right. And, right. and I was just day labor, basically. And yeah. because I because I had a company in Egypt and things were different, I, I don't want to just be day labor. It's not my thing. I, yeah. I, can, I can do more. Right. So I decided I'm going to take more responsibility. And that's the only way, like, and anyone that calls me for anything, yeah. I would always say, yes, I can. And I would get, I Never would get, say no. I yes. would get huge, I would get huge events. People yeah. like, can you do a yes. seven camera coverage yeah. live, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And yes. I'm like, yeah, my company can. Yeah. And I make it happen. I, but you had, that was your thing, right? You had always, since yeah. 11 years old, you knew how to make things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's an amazing, people love, I mean, as a producer, like that's what I say, like whenever I'm in a jam, I will get to you and you will figure it out. Like yeah. that. We try to take things off of your plate. That's such an amazing thing. Yes. So. What is your guys' goals as a, like, what do you want? Now you say, like, I don't want to be day labor. I don't know where you're at with the filming, the shooting and stuff. But, like, mm. if in an ideal world with enough money and everything, like, where do you guys want to be um, professionally? So we have our very first goal is we never spend more than two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. So our family is first. Yeah, and you have three kids now. Three kids. I mean, are we done on that front? Or Yeah, we think so. <laughs> I'm so good. Yeah, I keep going. I don't know that we could afford more than that. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so that's our, basically, if any opportunities come, it it all revolves around what is best for us. Yeah. Not just as a company, but as a whole. Yeah. And then from there, um, he carries so much of the weight for those things right now. And yeah. I get to go off and have fun. When we work together... <laughs> I take whatever responsibility I can from him so that he can grow. So he's started to direct things. Yeah. So then I'm the DP and Got I it. try to look out for what I can. But my, our favorite projects are things where we, you know, if we're doing especially branded content, digital yeah. content that we're getting to do, I don't only have to do camera because it's ours. It's mine. Yeah. I can be like, I want to make this over here look good. Yeah. I, I can take more control of things. And that's where I've discovered um Reality TV for me has always been about story. Yeah. And I love story and I yeah. love characters and I love being with them. Yeah. But now that I'm making things that look beautiful, that's what I'm obsessed with. Yeah. I want to make a product look amazing. I want to make everything look beautiful. And yeah. I want my hands on more. That's the, So that's my goal is personally as a DP, I want to have my hands on it visually more. And him, he wants to take care of the higher parts. He wants to be the director or the producer and then Give that part to me. Yeah. So that's how we, th- that's how we're growing right now. So as DPs, I said this in my intro, I said, like, just remember that they know more than you do most of the time. Cause I really feel that way. Like I'm a, you know, I think I'm a really strong producer and director, but nine times out of 10, my DP will have a better sense of something than me and have a better idea of how it should look or how it should feel. You know, I just think that DPs are underrated in that way. So as for, for the producers listening to this, what do you guys want producers to know or everybody else you know like about like what when you sit around and have drinks with other you know dps like what are the things you bitch about basically the rest of the producers yeah no no no, because what are the frustrations that they're not list they think they know better like what is the i don't have any frustrations we we were very lucky with the producers we end up working with when we're dps we end up working with great producers and then we end up hiring those producers to do shows for our company and and it's a a bigger cycle it's i think for me the only question is sometimes i get i get confused about what role I want to know how to make your life easy. Yeah. And sometimes I don't really know what your role is. Yeah. <laughs> Tell and me I, what your role I is. I think if, if I, now that I'm so 
grown and confident in this yeah. world, the one thing that I do differently now is to say, what exactly are you responsible for and how can I help you with yeah. it? Instead of being like, well, I don't want to ask her and not like not yeah, know what totally. I'm doing. It's like a different phase. Do it's you guys want to do features? Is that a goal? Um, I like <laughs> documentaries. Yeah. And Rami is working. He just uh, went to Haiti for a documentary about child sex tra- trafficking. Wow. And was involved was in happy. taking down one of the top that's uh, incredible. So the documentary world for us is is the other thing that yeah. he's he's always been doing. It. He's yeah, won four Emmys right. for that. Um, so documentaries is very interesting for us. The digital and branded content. You know, we have different kinds of clients, and that's how it carries us forward. Basically, you guys are so amazing. This is one of my favorite interviews <laughs> because I didn't get because we cut, didn't talk that much about the business. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to get a little break it's because it's nice to get exactly. It's nice to get kind of like two people are, and you have a such. I want to say this now to my audience that I have first dibs on the rights to your story. <laughs> oh, too late. <laughs> what? Off the record later. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is like the big sick, but like getting out of Egypt before getting killed. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's an incredible story. It really is. I mean, and there's so many other um, other people that have this story now that we we tell it. We've realized really? how many producers and directors are have come here in similar circumstances yeah. from, you know, Middle Eastern countries. So. Right. It's it's really wild. Ours is really a happy ending. So It's a happy ending, and it's a testament to your guys' resilience and strength that, like, you've just been able to build something here, and it's successful. And, you know, you're both adventurers, and I think that's why you seem probably so well-suited for each other. Do you ever fight? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, but uh. not— <laughs> You know, it's interesting because Rami is extremely mature— yeah, and I can't say that I. It's which I is shocking. That way, yeah. It's shocking because I am much less mature. Yeah, and I think that um, that's been one of those great things in yeah. our life to say. Oh, I need to grow up a little I bit. I'll like, be the adult. Yeah, yeah. I need to stop being so worried about things right. in this way. Right. But that balance, you know. But I think the the next few years will be an interesting test of um, how, can we maintain sticking together when things get bigger. Yeah. Because there's some some things that are in the works right now for Rami that we can't talk about. Well, we're gonna wrap se. this up so we can talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's a you know how can we maintain our core belief, which is when our family is together, no matter what, then we'll be fine and we'll be happy. I love it. You guys are so grounded and awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's encu- it's encouraging. I'm so happy you came on and and as most people know to get. Two people like you uh, on a date that you both are not working. It's our date right now. A miracle. Mm-hmm. You're on a date, at, on a date at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank that you. was awesome.